Are you with me today? You better be with me because we're doing this with or without you. Proverbs 31, we've been talking about, I know we have some visitors today, and, and uh, let me just say, I don't mean to point out Vicki, don't turn around and look, but Vicki Warwick is uh, kind of a, another mom to me that was uh, uh, her and Larry, her, her husband, Larry, remember we talked about my boss that I used to have that would say things directly to me, wouldn't beat around the bush and just tell me what he thought when he thought it immediately? She was married to him. Great guy. Um, Memorial Day, he, was a, he, he served in Vietnam, and he, he's, he served this nation well. And uh, I'm just thrilled to have her in the room with us today, and, and Deb, and, and uh, Deb put up with me too. But anyway, we won't go there. Let's open up the Word of God to Proverbs chapter 31. And uh, we've been talking about being a woman of noble character, and, and uh, it's been a hard few weeks for me to talk about women to women, and when I'm a man and I'm not a woman... Uh, but as I said before, I shared one bathroom with five women in the house I grew up with, and I have a wife and a beautiful daughter, so I'm learning every day. So week one, we talked about a woman plus noble character equals pricelessness. We talked the next week about God, a godly woman being selfish, uh, selfless, I mean, and uh, <laughs> selfless servant. She's a hard worker. She's an extravagant giver. Third week, we talked about a godly woman is one that pursues oneness, pursues oneness in her a relationship with Christ and pursues oneness in her marriage with her husband and so on and so forth. This week, I got four more things I'm going to pull out and I'm going to have to get going because I won't get it done. Proverbs 31, verse 25, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. The first thing I want to talk to you about this morning is that a woman of noble character or a godly woman is marked by strength and dignity. Verse 25, she's clothed with, with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. You know, you can tell a lot about a person how they dress, what they're clothed with. I remember being a youth pastor. Uh, it seems like teenagers are a little bit more this way than adults a lot of times, but you know, you see the kid that's coming in and, and they got the funny little cartoon character shirt on that's got the funny sayings on it, you know, and you're like, wow, why are you wearing that around? And, and uh, I'll never forget uh, uh, Shelby Harrison, Morgan Nelson, who never ever said a word uh, until they showed up for a youth event. Do you remember this? You guys showed up for their very first youth event having made homemade shirts. White t-shirts that they put stuff, did they say thing one, thing two or something like that? Similar like that. And I just looked at them, these quiet girls that never spoke. And I looked at the shirt and I said, there's something inside them girls that one of these days when it comes out, watch out for it. You know, you see the kids that would come in, they got the black hair and they, they got the black deep eyeliner and their face is all powdered white and the black clothes and they all have this angry look on their face. And they all group together based upon what they look like, and they got some kind of a statement of what they're trying to make. Clothes are kind of a, kind of a, a thing where people judge you by, isn't it? You know, you look at uh, Hollywood, they go to the Emmys and the, the Oscars and all that stuff, and they get out of the car in the red carpet, and they sway, and they do this, and they kind of spin and smile for the cameras, and they do that. And then they ask this question, they say, who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? 
They're wanting to know what tag is. The name tag, you know, is, is on their clothing and who made it and how expensive it is. The reality of all this is, is that this woman, this godly woman, didn't clothe herself necessarily with, with beauty from external things. She, she clothed herself with Christ, and what it produced was an image of strength and dignity. She became who Christ is. Now, we've talked about it a couple different times throughout the series that there's this mentality in our culture that would frown upon the church or the Bible that would say it degrades women. It's constantly, oh, they degrade women. Women are just to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and all the grim and all this stuff. And, and, and that is not at all what the Word of God says. Uh, we, we talked about being submissive last week, which was a tough one, amen? It was a tough one for me to preach. <laughs> Grunt and everything else. Peter, listen to this in, in the... It says right here, verse 7, Husbands, in the same way be considered as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. There's this mentality that says the Word of God makes it sound like women are no good or they, they, they are, they're imperfect, they're weak, they're useless, when that is not at all what this passage says. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them. Everybody say, treat them. With respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, as the weaker partner, and as heirs with you. It's not an above or below, it's talking about honoring and treating them as a weaker partner. Now there are a lot of women that say, well I'm not weak, I can outwork 20 men, I can outwork men, I'm stronger than you. Listen, I've met those women before, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever seen those women before that can outwork 20 men? Don't offend them. Do not offend that woman. But there's always this defense of like, I've got to prove this, I've got to prove that. That is not what that's saying here. All basically that saying is, is that men, because you are physically stronger, because you are designed physically stronger, your body, for the most part, now we all know there's freaks of nature at the same time, right? Skinny, scrawny little men and great big mean women. We've seen them all, right? But across the board, on average, most generally, what God has designed men is, is, is that men, all that's saying is you can bench press more than her. That's it. Doesn't mean you're smarter. Doesn't mean you're better. Doesn't mean that you're the best at everything. Just means you can bench press more than her. And because you're physically stronger, that doesn't mean use your strength to defeat whatever opinion she has, or to knock her down, or to push her down, or to tell her she's not worth anything. What this is saying is, is that you honor her, you respect her, you love her, and you treat her because you know you are stronger than her. You be considerate of her and you think of her. Husbands must be considered and protective because they love you. Their protection is based out of respect for you and not an insult to you. It doesn't say that you're a weakling that's useless and dependent and good for nothing. It just means they can bench press more, that's all it means. And if you can bench press more than him, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, we see this playing out in the church as well in 1 Corinthians 12. As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. My precious little wife, April, quiet. She can kick really hard, though. She's, not, she's weaker, but she can kick hard. <laughs> Just saying. 
I'm not saying I know that from experience or anything. But uh, she, she may be physically weaker than me, but I can tell you this much, that she is indispensable to me. That there are certain things that, 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 that I lack in my life. There are certain qualities and things that she brings into my life that I find indispensable. Amen? 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It is not easy to, to, to be the weaker partner physically. It's not easy, ladies, I know that the things that you've had to put up with were men that have misinterpreted the word and lowered who you are instead of honoring you and respecting you for who you are. I know that's not an easy place to be, but I can tell you this, that Christ, who made himself weak, who submitted himself, who honored Christ, who, who honored the Father with his life, was exalted. Paul gloried and delighted in his weaknesses because it's then that he is strong. See, we already know the lady works because we've talked about that all the time. Over and over and over, she works, she's productive, she's an asset to her husband, and she has strength and dignity. These things ooze from her because she's clothed with them. She, when you see her, you see strength, you see dignity. I tell you, there's a lot more to strength than physical strength, isn't there? I said there's a lot more to strength than physical strength, isn't there? I've seen precious ladies that their bodies are feeble and broken and, and, and weak physically as they age and the years go by and sickness and disease, one after another, as disease settle in and something happening and, and, and be the most strong person I've ever met in my life. I've seen men the same way that have just been riddled with sickness and, and trouble and hardship after another. And things that, that just keep coming into their lives and, and one after another, you find strength. It's, there's more to life than physical strength. If you are young and you have physical strength, rejoice and enjoy it now. Amen? I visit way too many that, that either can't get out of a bed on their own, can't go to the restroom on their own, or they're connected to things and walkers and all this kinds of stuff, and they always say, gee, I just wish I could get out and go. If you have strength, rejoice in it. But there is a lot more to life than physical strength. There's a strength that comes from within, a strength that comes from Christ, from what you know. This lady clothed herself as an ambassador of Christ and walked with dignity. And who she was. Because of her faith in God, she is strong and lives with this dignity. He has no fear of what tomorrow holds. She laughs at the future. Listen to me, moms. The mamas in the room. When you have that little... <laughs> I know this is true about, about us when, when we had the kids and you, you got the kids in your home and, and you see this precious little baby and you're like, Oh, this is a good baby, this is a good baby. He changes diapers and show it to the neighbors and everything, and you're all excited and look at it. And oh, look, it spit up on me. You know, when it gets 13 and spits up on you, nobody cares anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but when they're little, there's all this hope for the future and this dreams like, oh, wow. But then fear sets in because you think, wow, what, what could happen in the next 20 years? Am I wrong, moms, or am I close? Am I even close at all to sometimes the, the little fears? This, this lady's got strength. 
and, and strong in who she is because she knows that the God she serves, the God that's clothed her, where her, her, her place of strength and dignity is, one of these days I'll get it out of my mouth, she will pass that on to her children. She knows that the God that's watched her is going to be the same God that watches over her babies. Tell me there's not strength in that. There's not strength in knowing these things. That she's learned in Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. In, in Isaiah 40, we just sang about it. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. She is not going to be consumed with fear because she has put her hope in the Lord our God. Secondly, a woman of noble character is marked by the wisdom of God. Verse 26, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. How many of you know that wisdom doesn't just happen? (laughs) Oh my. Age doesn't always mean you're wise, does it? In the beginning, Eve was desiring wisdom. Genesis 3, 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. What's my point? My point is this, that there is a type of wisdom that we need to desire for and it's not worldly wisdom that we need to desire for because there is a wisdom to this world, isn't there? There is a knowledge, there is an understanding that we need to be innocent of. Eve desired wisdom that was a quick fix, that would get her the quickest way to be her own God, that would get her to where she wanted to be. It was something she desired wisdom. She desired something of another avenue than the way God was going to give it. The reason a woman of noble character is rare is because too many women walk around this world convinced of the world's wisdom rather than the wisdom of God. This is kind of heading into the challenging part. Oh, would our world be differently if our ladies would just seek godly wisdom instead of the wisdom of this world. Proverbs 3 says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good deeds, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. I know somebody saying, See that, Pastor Bob, that says him. That's not for me, that says him. Well, the book of Proverbs was written to a son, so of course it's going to say him. How many of you, you dads, when you talk to your son, say, now, son, you know, if either him or her crosses the road without looking both ways, him or her might die by a car, you know? This is speaking to a son, but the principle, it fits across the board. So you could say, let her show it by her good life, by deeds done and the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and, and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Now, The writer here makes it clear that there's a separation between godly wisdom and earthly wisdom. Godly wisdom will produce a good life or a godly life. It will will be followed by deeds done in humility. It'll be pure. It'll be peace-loving. It'll be considerate. It'll be submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. When earthly wisdom is full of bitter envy and selfish ambition... Have you ever seen 
that before? Have you ever seen bitter envy and selfish ambition? All you got to do is turn on television and say, amen? Proverbs 31, a woman, she sought Christ, she's loved the law of God, and it's produced wisdom in her. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding. To Him belongs eternal praise. We live in a culture that has ignored and laughed at the Word of God. I've had people tell me, Pastor Bob, I'm not going to live my life by a book. Okay, then what are you living your life by? Well, that's just a book. Man wrote it. Well, who wrote the philosophies you live by? Yeah, but that book, that book's just an ancient book. It's old. And I said, it stands the test of time. Uh, how long has your professor lived that told you that? Listen, there's this mentality in our culture that says the Word of God is stupid and it doesn't matter and it doesn't, doesn't apply to our lives today. There's nothing there that's applicable. There's nothing there that changes me. We have accepted in our culture that, uh, that wisdom is not something that we need to pass on to our children. We've, we've accepted that our young girls are full of drama and that's just okay. Not in my home. We discipline drama. When I was a youth pastor, one of my most famous statements was, I hate drama. And so if there was drama going on in the youth group, they didn't want to come tell me because they said, don't tell Pastor Bob he hates drama. Why do you like it? Our daughters are being destroyed in America. As a youth pastor for six, seven years, however long it was, Eternity for those that sat under my leadership. I realized that our girls were in a more severe state of need than our boys were. Because our culture has devalued them. Our culture has said it's, it's okay and acceptable to be hateful between girls. It's okay. It's okay. It's, that's just how girls are. Uh, you know, middle school. Oh my gosh, middle school is awful. That's just how it is. It's middle school girls. We pass it off as a stage. We, you know, trying to survive school is just a part of growing up. And, and we, we allow it to be accented and fueled by social media, phones, and, 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 and Facebook, and MySpace, and your book, and all the... Listen, man... I, Our girls have allowed themselves to be so devalued that they wear their shorts up here and stuff's hanging out. They wear their shirts down to here with stuff hanging out. They wear and nothing meets in the middle. Basically, it's just a great big bathing suit, swimsuit. And they wear it in public because they want somebody's attention and affection. And then the church won't say anything against that because that's legalism. You know what I'm saying? That's legal. You don't want to say nothing about that. That's that's legalism, Pastor Bob. Listen, when the standards of our school uh, dress code is higher than our personal dress code, as Christians, there's a problem. When you can't wear spaghetti strap tops at school or low cuts, or you can't wear shorts that go, you know, up here to your fingers, you got to go past. If if you if you're home, if they're leaving your home to go to the street in clothes that they can't wear to school, what are we doing, mamas? I know I'm stepping on people's toes. 
But this is our generation. This is a whole generation of young ladies that, that need Jesus Christ, that, that need a mom to step up with some godly wisdom and say the Word of God says that you're valuable. The Word of God says that it's wrong. Did you know, and I, this ain't in my notes, I'm gonna, oh, oh, i got too much going through my head. Did you know that in the Old Testament when it talks about sexual immorality, did you know that that reference is speaking to one uncovering themselves? Uncovering. Uncovering themselves. That's it. Today, we walk around uncovered a lot. Don't we? Listen, moms, it's time for us, ladies, to start setting a godly example because this lady wasn't just wise. She had applied it to her life and what was on her lips. Wrong verse. Instruction. There was instruction. There was a passing on of what God has put into her life, what God has spoken into her life. You say, ah, they'll just grow out of it. It's just a stage. Really? Next time you're at a school event, don't just watch the kids. Watch the adults. Look at the mamas. Look what mamas are wearing at the school events and at the park at the ball games. Now, I'm not saying that to judge the mamas. I'm telling you, parents, if you love Jesus Christ, if you want to pass on to your children godly values, it must be exemplified and lived out in front of them, not just spoken of, because if you say something that says, do what I say, not as I do, you're breeding rebellion. It's not going to happen. Moms, find out what is right and virtuous. Find out what the Word of God says and pass it on to the kids. Because if they don't get it, if they don't learn it as young people, when they grow up, they're still not going to get it. And then they're going to reinvest something even worse and something even more liberal into your grandkids. Somebody's preaching that. On the count of three, everybody say we love our pastor. One, two, three. You better love your pastor. That's all I got to say about that. Because if you don't, you won't come back to this church. <laughs> Thirdly, well, we need women. We need godly women to step up with the wisdom of God that are willing to give instruction. Thirdly, this goes in connection with it. A woman of noble character is, has the heart of a watchman. Verse 27 she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. We already know this lady's not idle because all she's done through Proverbs 31 is work. Amen? It's all she's done is work and serve and do. But listen, when, when you're watching over the affairs of your home, there's a lot more involved than just cooking, cleaning, and laundry. I know that many mothers have to work full-time jobs, but there's a whole lot more to watch over in your house than these things. Children, for example. You don't talk about somebody's kids. I've said that before. You don't talk about or mess with somebody's kids because mama bear's waiting somewhere in the bushes and she's going to get you. And you better hope it's not that big burly mean one that I was talking about <laughs> earlier. You know what I'm saying? That big mean mom? The freak of nature thing? <laughs> Chariots of fire start playing. Dun, 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 dun.
she watches over the affairs of her household. And you say, what is a watchman? Ezekiel chapter 3, it's on, it's on the screen. As Ezekiel receives the call of God on his life, it says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning for me. When I say to, to a wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not warn him or speak out to dissuade him from his evil ways in order to save his life, that wicked man will die for his sins, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. That's a scary statement, isn't it? But if you do warn the wicked man, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his evil ways, he will die for his sin. But you will have saved yourself. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and does evil, and I put a stumbling block before him, he will die. Since you did not warn him, he will die for his sin. The righteous things he did will not be remembered, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the righteous man not to sin, and he does not sin, he will surely live because he took warning, and you will, you will have saved yourself. You say, what is all that saying? The reality of it is that Ezekiel was called a watchman over the house of Israel. And he was a watchman in the sense that a watchman would stand on the wall. This was the, the example that God's given him. A watchman would stand on the wall and he'd watch for the enemy to come. But if he had been idle, if he had been asleep, and the, and the enemy comes and he doesn't warn, he doesn't say, hey, this is coming against us, defend yourselves. If he wouldn't wake people up and stir them up together, then, then it would be his fault that everybody was slaughtered. He would be held accountable for it. Listen, this woman, this godly woman, kept watch over her household. She wasn't idle. What does that mean? That means she didn't not only keep the laundry done and the food foot, all that kind of stuff, whatever, with yard mode and the roof roofed. and the, No. She watched over her family as well. Listen, parents in the room, godly mothers and godly fathers, you are a watchman over your house and you will be held accountable for the things you do say or do not say to your children. Listen, I, I've, had, I've had people, I've had parents tell me before, listen, preacher, you know, their kid actually starts growing in Christ and doing something you know, starts changing and, and the parents convicted and they don't like it, so they come to you and they say, listen, I don't want you talking to my kid. I don't want you speaking anything into my kid's life. You stay out of their life, you stay away from them. You know what I tell them? Okay, their blood's on your hands. I've warned them, I've spoke to them, I've spoken the truth to them, but I'm going to honor your request because you are the covering for their life. You're the parent. And I won't come to them, I won't correct them, I won't chase them, I won't love on them like you've asked me not to. But I tell you what, I'm going to honor your request but when you stand before God someday, whatever you're teaching them is all on you, buddy. I hope that works out good for you. The reality of it is, is that when you have a baby, it's not just, oh, cuckoo, I'm going to put diapers on. Daddy's going to buy you a car someday. I'm going to buy you a car. So you can drive it around town. Be really cool. Turn the radio up like I used to. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's more than that. You're talking about a living soul, an eternal being that are in your hands. Uh, an eternal being that has to come to, to the questions and the reality of whether they know Christ or whether they don't know Christ. Where are they going to spend eternity? You are the watchman for that life. And God has entrusted that to us. It changes that this lady, she wasn't idle about what she did. She understood her conversations and what they could be used for and to teach and to train in righteousness. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 says, So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. And that's not just talking about being in church. Let's talk about 
Mothers that are alert about our culture, who are not asleep and they're not idle and they're alert and self-controlled about what's going on in their daughter's lives. I thank God that my mom was a watchman. She's digging through my stuff. If she didn't know what was going on, she's going to dig through until she finds out what's going on. Bless God. And I pulled the wool over and I got by with a lot of stuff, but I knew who was always going to be digging. It was going to be mom digging through everything, looking. Moms, don't be afraid. Well, I can't check out my kid's room. I can't go in my kid's room and search through. Yes, you can. It's your room. You paid for those walls they're sleeping inside of. Chances are you paid for the bed and the sheets and everything else they're laying on top of. You paid for the drawers and the clothes inside of them. They maybe bought whatever's stuck between the clothes, but bless God, they're in the middle of your property. Go find it. Get involved. All right, are you ready for the good stuff now? took us three weeks to get here. We're finally here to the good stuff. Four weeks. Lastly this morning, as hard as some of the stuff is that we've discussed and talked about and looked at, as difficult as it is, some things we may be strong in, others we may be weak in, but the reality of it is this, is that when God calls us, when God gives us these things to obey and to apply to our lives, there's always, always blessing that follows. Always. Verse 28, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. If Amber would come, we'll close this out real quick. I want to encourage some ladies in the house that are mamas. Some of the stuff I've talked about, the clothing, the, the constant conflict, the issues, and, you know, the cell phones, the Facebook, and all that stuff. And you say, well, Pastor Bob, that's not that big of a deal. It's not. Listen, it's just a fuel that just fuels all the drama. It really is. You know, I, God bless Alyssa. I love her. She's like, Dad, how come I don't have a cell phone? How come I can't have Facebook? Listen, I, I know too much. I've seen too much. I was talking to Melanie the other day about Dan and some things we talked about with the kids. And I said, you know, Dan's problem is he's seen too much being a principal. He knows too much. Listen, it's difficult sometimes to withhold things. Parents, hear me out real quick. It's difficult to withhold things sometimes when everybody else has got it. But I know and I have seen things that have destroyed young people for a year at a time of trouble and trouble and trouble and more trouble in, in different things. I know that she herself has gone through this year. I said, listen, how bad would it have been if you'd have been socially connected on every electronic device on the face of the earth? It could be a nightmare. Why do I say that? I say that because there is a lie that the enemy likes to spew out to you parents, to moms especially. It's a big fear for moms. And, and here's the lie. The lie is, is that the, the kid, maybe you didn't get started training early in their life. Maybe not. Something you, but they hit rebellion and they start to rebel in, in this mentality. Here's, here's what they say. You say, well, we need to start withholding some things. You take my cell phone away. You take my keys away. I'll hate you forever. And I'll leave. And I'll never come back. Let me help you with your answer, okay? Say, okay. Hope it works out for you. Listen, why am I saying that? Because 
because there's this mentality always to give in because the kids are going to say, I'm not going to bless you. I'm not going to rise up and call you blessed. I'm not going to love you. I'm not going to honor you. You take my stuff away. So what do you do? You say, okay, that's fine. Just go to your room with your cell phone and your Xbox 360 and your television DVD player and your computer with internet access to Facebook so you can go talk bad about me in front of everybody in the world. Why are you saying that? I'm saying that, ladies, don't be afraid to follow through with discipline and stick to it. Because even though their lips may say, I hate you, the Word of God says one day they're going to rise up and call you blessed. Amen? Amen? And you tell me which is true, your rebellious little kid that's full of himself or the Word of God. Discipline, structure, just being continual at living it out and speaking it and applying it. And I'm going to tell you what, that one day those children will rise up and call you blessed. There's always a blessing that follows the obedience of God. Amen? Your husband will call you blessed. He will praise you. I know there's this time, times where you may get insecure and fearful and different things, but listen, being a woman of godly character, being married to a man of godly character will be a man that will see you for who you are, the, that, that beauty that never changes. Listen, ladies, when, when things get old and, and shaky and saggy and not where everything where they should be like they used to be, you know what I'm talking about? Listen, don't be fearful and think my husband doesn't like me anymore because I don't look like when I was eight, what I did when I was 18. You're not supposed to look like what you did when you were 18, okay? But if you married a man, if you, if you have lived a life that would attract a man to the beauty that's flowing from the inside of you, it ain't going to matter what you look like. Amen? He's in love with the beauty that flows from the inside that we talked about a couple weeks ago. And I'll say this as you stand with me. Young ladies, the girls in the house, those that are not married, those of you that, that are not married, whether you want to be or you don't want to be, I don't know, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That goes across the board. You have, you have your children rising up and calling you blessed. You have a husband that's going to praise you for who you are. And now it's just saying charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. What's that saying? It's saying that if you will be a woman of godly character at a young age, if you will be a, a teenage girl at a young age that's being a girl of godly character that would serve God and you're interested in someday having a man, is there any girl over here in that section? Someday, yeah, I'd like to have a man, yeah. Go ahead and shake your heads. I know it's true because you talk about it all the time. <laughs> then what you do is, is you live righteously. You live according to the Word of God. And I'm going to help you find the right one. You ready? You ready to know how to find the right one? Don't do what everybody else is doing. Don't put stuff down here and way up here and nothing connected in the middle. Amen? What I'm telling you... What I'm telling you is, is you live a godly life and the guys that are attracted to the low down, up high, nothing in the middle aren't going to have anything to do with you. They're going to want to, yeah, praise the Lord. They're not going to want anything to do with you. However, God will bring into your life a man, a young man that has lived this way himself and he's sick and tired of all the other nonsense. 
And He will bring you together with somebody with, with like standards and like values. And you're going to enter into that, to that marital covenant someday, thanking and praising God, thanking your parents for the instruction and direction, and, and the Word of God just to wait and be patient. If you will guard yourself, Elizabeth, she just, this fine arts, did interpretive dance, right? Whatever, worship dance at fine arts. And these girls get up there in these tight little things and dance around and call it worship. And I'm thinking Elizabeth's got to get up there and do that in a minute. And Elizabeth gets up there and she's dressed very modestly. I'm like, you go, girl! <laughs> and you know what she got counted off for? Modest dress. Listen, maintain purity and holiness in your life and you won't have to search for some godly man. You don't have to try out 25 different guys. Be patient and you'll see the one that you like and you'll get the pick because you'll be too good for the others. They're not going to want anything to do with you. They'll be intimidated. And that's good for a father. I like that. Lastly, give her the reward she has earned. Let her works bring her praise at the city gate. That scripture talks about being honored from the place of authority, honored from the place where business is done and where people are set in authority over things. Listen, husbands, as the authority of your home, men, if you have a godly wife, if you have a godly daughter, if you have a godly mother, give her the reward that's due her. Amen. Amen. Do something nice for the woman. Do something good and honor her because, praise God, we know that a godly woman, a woman of noble character, is rare and she is more valuable than rubies. Amen. 